Uh, I want to speak out of uh, Acts chapter 27, and I'll eventually get there. There's a couple other scriptures I want to uh, read for you. But I, I remember reading a study a few years ago, and um, uh, they were talking about the Olympics. And somebody did a study, and they said they found out during the study that during the Olympics and afterwards, and those that won all the medals, as you know, first place gets a gold medal, uh, second place gets a, a silver medal, and third place gets a bronze medal. And they said they found out that the, silver, uh, the bronze medalists who were in third place were much happier with their medal than the silver medalists who came in second. And they're going, well, they came in third. Why are they so much happier than the ones that got the silver medal? And so they, they you know, started interviewing and doing their study. And they said they found out that the silver medalist, when he won the silver medal, he was disappointed. He said they were disappointed because they came that close to getting the gold medal. And, you know, they were kind of sad about it. It's like, man, if I only did this or if I only did that, I would have gotten a silver medal. They said, but the bronze medalist had a different attitude. They're going, I came that close and not getting a medal at all. I could have came in fourth and not gotten a medal. And so they were happy. They were happy that they came in third. They were happy that they're standing on the podium. They were happy that they were getting their, their bronze medal. Did I say gold medal? Their bronze medal. They, they were happy about it. And so it, it, it's, it's interesting how they thought. It was the difference of what they were focusing on. One was focusing on winning, the other was focusing on losing, and it totally changed their attitude of what they were looking at and what they believed in and how they felt. And it's kind of like faith. Faith for you and I as Christians, when we concentrate on the things of God, it totally changes our attitude. There's things that we have that nobody else has. We now have hope. We now have clarity. We now have light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what it is, because we're not focusing on the things we used to focus on. They had high expectations, or at least the bronze medalists did, and so do we when we have faith. Faith is lining up your life with the promises of God. That's what happens when we line up our, line up our lives with the promises of God. It, it elevates us, doesn't it? We didn't have that before, but we have that now. And when we do that, our expectations are elevated by what God is going to do next. We may be in a bad spot, but we know, man, if I just hang in there, things are going to be good. And even if things are good, we're going, man, God's going to do great things in my life. So in Acts chapter 19, and we'll get to the 27, but Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul is speaking there. Apostle Paul had some expectations. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 21, Apostle Paul says these words. He says, I must visit Rome. He says, I must visit Rome. Very simple. That was Apostle Paul's goal. That was Apostle Paul's plan. That was his destination. I must visit Rome. Very simple. Nothing big at the time. He visited other cities. He went to other places. He makes the comment, I must visit Rome. Paul wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. He had high expectations of there were people there that needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now we fast forward nine chapters in the book of Acts. In chapter 28 now of the book of Acts in verse 14, Paul says these words. He says, and so we came to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome in chapter 9, in chapter 28. 
He's in Rome. Simple. Very simple. He wanted to go, and he made it. But what I want to look at this morning is what happened between those two chapters. What happened between those two verses? I must go to Rome, and now I'm in Rome. Accomplished what he wanted to do. His expectations were met. He's in Rome. We look at it and go, hey, pretty good. Everything went as planned. But it didn't. Actually, nothing went according to plan. That's not the way the Apostle Paul thought he was going to get there. Paul made it to Rome, but it wasn't quite how he expected to get to Rome. It wasn't quite when he expected to get to Rome. It wasn't quite how he thought he was going to arrive in Rome and how he was going to get there. Between chapters 9 and 28, a lot of things, 19 and 28, a lot of things happened. There was a riot in the city. People were getting hurt. Kind of sounds familiar a little bit, doesn't it? Apostle Paul's arrested. He goes to trial. It's a big old trial. Everybody's there. It's a mess. All these things are taking place. There's an assassination plot against his life. People wanted to kill him. Apostle Paul's arrested. Goes to court. They find him guilty. They sentence him to jail. So now they're going to send him off to jail. Guess where he's going? Guess where the prison is at? It's in Rome. They put him on a ship, a prisoner ship with other prisoners, and off he goes to Rome as a prisoner in chains and shackles. That wasn't quite what he had in mind when he said, I, I, I must go to Rome. Well, he's on his way. And so it seems like that's pretty bad. He's arrested. He's on this ship. He's in shackles. Other prisoners, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was pretty bad. They're going to Rome. They're going across the sea. And a storm breaks out, a really bad storm. The men are fearing for their lives. It is a mess. They can see the shore, but it's a long ways off. They can't even get there. They're going to drown. And this is where Acts 27 picks it up. Acts chapter 27 and verse 27. It says, On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took surroundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. Short time later, they took sounding, not surrounding, soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that he would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors. They dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. They're in this ship. It's falling apart. They don't know what to do. They start throwing cargo overboard, the scripture tells us, to try to lighten the ship to keep it afloat. It's falling apart. They try to find a place that's a little more calm than the rest of the sea. They, they find somewhere where they think it's going to be safe, and they throw these anchors, these four anchors overboard to, to stabilize their ship so it won't start crashing into the rocks and drowning all of them. The title of my message this morning is Throw Over the Anchors. They threw over these four anchors. Here's the bottom line. When you hit a storm in your life, you need to be anchored to something. That is so crucial. These last couple of years for my wife and my family have been pretty dramatic. A lot of up and downs, a lot of storms. 
It's bad when we found out her first diagnosis. It's devastating. Devastating. Then about a year and a half later, the second diagnosis comes in. I can't imagine what was going on in her mind. They found this now in another area of her body. Where else? What else? It was a mess. Emotionally, not spiritually, but emotionally, it's bad. Many of you have gone through similar situations. If you don't have an anchor, you're going to go wherever the current takes you. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. If we didn't have anchors in my family, it would have been devastating. These reports we kept hearing. She's not out of the woods. So this morning, I want to look at the four anchors that will hold us steadfast in the middle of the storms of life. First anchor is found in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 9. And these anchors are so true, church, so, so true. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 9 says this, Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Our expectations should be off the charts because we know that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much greater than our thoughts. I told the church this morning, I don't want a God that thinks like me. Oh my gosh, what a mess we'd be in if God thought like I did. I, I don't want a God that is, that, 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 that's the, the same distance as me. I need a God that's higher. I, I don't want a God that thinks like you. That's even worse. I can't imagine serving a God that thinks like you. Well, I can. It's not good, but I can. Any more than you want a God that thinks like me. Anchor number two is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know, this is what the scripture says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things work for the good to those that love God. It didn't say all things are good, it says all things work for the good. That simply means, church, we're going to go through it. Each and every one of us are going to go through a storm. You know, some of you have, some of you are, and some of you are going to. We're surrounded by a fallen world. You and I live in this world. This is where we live. And so we're going to find situations that we don't like. Life isn't fair, is it? Life isn't fair. Wives, ask your husband. <laughs> Don't answer, husband, but you can ask. Life isn't fair. Parents, we look at other people's kids and we go, why, why can't my kid be like their kid? Why can't I have a job like that guy has a job? Why can't I have that car? Why can't I have that? Life just doesn't seem to be fair. Bad things happen. They happen. Probably most of us have gotten in car accidents. You go out and start your car and it doesn't start. That happened to me the other day. I haven't driven my car in months. Went to start it and it's like, I mean, it didn't even click. It didn't, didn't, 
Yeah, and it's one of those push buttons in the locks. I push the button and it went unlocked. And I'm going, okay, so I got this key fob. How do I open my car? You know, I'm pushing in, trying to figure Finally, I push this button and this little thing comes out. I'm going, okay. Opened up, it was a weird looking key. And I opened up the door. I go, okay, well, now I'm in the car. Now what? Bad things happen. Church, but the, the fact is, is we have hope, don't we? As Christians, we have hope. We have expectations that God can, can deal with. He can get our mistakes and he can recycle them and make something good out of it. How he does that, I don't get it. I don't understand how he does that. You know, I'm looking at my life and our situation, my family. How in the world does he... I mean, there's days we just have some really great days in the midst of all of that. How does that happen? But he makes it happen with his grace and his power and his love. In the middle of his situations, he makes good things happen. He can redeem any situation. And there's times where it just seems like things aren't going good. The scripture tells us that eventually God's going to get the glory. Eventually, it will make sense. It'll make sense. Eventually, you're going to look back and go, okay, I see. I get it. I get it. And there's some things we're just going to have to wait till we're in heaven because the Bible says when, when we die and go to heaven that we are like him. We're going to think like, we're going to know everything. I'm going to know, if I go before you, I'm going to know everything about you. (laughs) Think about that for a while. Somehow God is going to work it all out for the good. Anchor number three, if God is for us, who can be against us? God, isn't that the truth? If God is for us, who can be against us? I love Oscar Ibarra, our usher. I know he's outside right now, so I can talk about him. And I've told Oscar and I've told Timba. Timba's our big Samoan usher out there. And when I go to my car, they, Timba was always with me. I'm going, oh, good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, Nobody will even talk to me with Timba standing there. <laughs> I love having Timba, and I come walk in, and there's Oscar. Oh, oh, Oscar's dangerous, I'm telling you, people. Oscar's dangerous. I don't care how big and tough you think you are. Don't mess with Oscar. I'm, I'm giving you forewarning. If I go up there and I see you in the tree with your clothes all tattered, I told you so. Even if it seems like the odds are stacked against you, church, they're not. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who? Who? And I just talked about Oscar and Timba, but let me tell you, I'd rather have God on my side. These guys are pretty bad, but I want God on my side. He is there for every situation in my life, every situation. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, what situation can, can be against us? What can come against us that God doesn't know about, can't resolve, gets us through it, might not be the way we'd like to get through it, but we're going to get through it. 
He's going to work it out. All I need to know is that God is with me. All I need to know is God is for me. That's all I need to know. The last anchor is found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. This simply says that God's at work in our lives. He's at work in our lives, whether you realize it or not. When we ask Christ to come into our lives, he immediately started working in our lives. And there's so much that he wants to accomplish in our lives. There's so much he's already accomplished in our lives, right? I mean, we can look at that. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And by their testimony, your testimony, church, is so, so powerful. You know your life. You know how you used to think. You know how you used to act. You know how much you tried to change. When I was a young man, I was terrible. Loved my wife, Tony, before you know, we weren't married at the time, but I treated her so, so bad, so bad. And she told me one day, if you keep this up, I'm leaving you. I loved her. She said, just doing too much of everything. I don't trust you. If you do this again to me, I'm leaving you. Well, guess what, folks? I did it again. <laughs> what an idiot. I did it again. And then guess what? I did it again. And then guess what? She left. She disappeared. I'm a mess now. I am a mess. We got back together. I will never do this again. I did it again. But, but during all this time, I wanted to change. God changed my life. Please. And I, would, I didn't cry out to God. I was just like, come on, you jerk. You need to get your act together. He's going to leave you again forever. And, you know, it's like I, I tried everything, 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 everything to change, and I couldn't. She was gone. Talked to my sister Nancy one day. Pastor Richard, who was my brother-in-law, he wasn't pastoring at the time. He, and they started going to church. And they told him about Jesus. He said, he can change your life. And yeah, right. I'm your brother. You know how bad I am, but you don't know how bad I am. But I asked Christ to come into my life. And church... He changed my life. He changed my life. That's my testimony. When things are going rough, that's all I need to look at. That's all I need to look at. I was with my son when he, our kids were driving, and he was about five years old, and he heard my testimony one day, and he told me, Dad, why'd you lie to those people? I told him, I didn't lie to them. He said, yeah, you did. You never did any of those things. 
He never met that man. He never, ever met that man. I was talking to Yoveta and Lawan and uh, last night about their mom, and I called them and was talking to them about their mom, and I said, you know, you guys, the only Betty I knew was the Betty that came to this church. What a fantastic woman. The only, Be- I told them, the only Yoveta I know is this Yoveta. I've heard stories about her life, and I'd have nightmares about it. The only Lawan I know is the Lawan that we know up here singing on the platform. I never met the Lawan that she's talked about. Your testimony is powerful. The testimony is a statement of faith that God who did it can do it again. That's what your testimony is. If God did this, he can do it again and again and again in every situation in my life. So the Apostle Paul gets back and the men get back to the ship. And Acts 28, 14 says, Apostle Paul says, and so we came to Rome. Came to Rome made it to Rome. After all of that, the shipwreck, they're going to die. The men get back on the boat, and they make it to Rome. And here's what I know. God wants you to to get where he wants you to go. He'll do everything he can to get you to where you need to go. There'll be some crazy detours. There'll be some crazy stuff that's going to happen to your life and my life, but the fact is we're going to get where God wants us to go. So what do you do during these terrible times of the storms in your life? What do you do when it feels like everything's coming apart? What do you do when you just feel like you're going to drown in all that's going on? Church, you throw over the anchors. That's what you do. You throw over the anchors. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God knows what's going on. You throw out the anger, and we know that all things God works for the good, for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things work for the good, church. You need that out there. Anchor number three, if God is for us, oh, come on, church, who can be against us? Who? Anchor number four, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Your testimony is powerful. If he's done it once, he'll do it again and again and again and again. If I can have the platform come up and every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. 